Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 118 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. This afternoon, we are in glorious... Is this actually Sherbrooke? It is, it's but still formerly Sherbrooke. known as Lennoxville. Lennoxville, which I just heard that one. Okay, perfect. Uh, East of Eastern Quebec, Eastern Townships, about two hours east of Montreal. I'm here with Stanley, the founder of the Golden Lion Microbrewery. Sir, thank you so much for having us. Pleased to meet you. Likewise. Very cool place. I like this. I like it a lot. I like the vibe. I don't see too many like pub-style breweries uh, these nope, days. No, that's right. We were fortunate enough to have a real good pub to put our uh, our wear with all in. And uh, yeah, we've been rolling along ever since. I love so. it. Uh, we were just talking with the uh, lovely ladies from the Canton de l'Est Tourism Board, and they were telling me that we got, you are the oldest brewery in the region, is that correct? We are, in fact, in the province, yeah. Amazing. In the in, province? In 1986, we opened wow. up. Wow. You've been here been rolling ever then. since, yeah. That's insane. So yeah. what's that, 32 years? That's right, yeah. Wow. Some big celebrations coming hey, up. Hey, man, yeah. yeah. Congrats. Thank That's you. fantastic. Um, so start off with what we're drinking, and then we're going to get into your beer story, how you got into beer, and then the story of the uh, the brewery. Um, what do you got there, man? So I've got the Lion's Pride, which, which is, is a uh, dark brown British-styled beer. This is this guy. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, it was the first beer I brewed. So that really is the beer that I envisioned when I got into brewing and it took quite a few uh, batches for me to get down to the recipe right but when it finally hit that was it and we've been brewing it ever since so amazing that's my go-to beer all all the time and then I have the uh, Irish stout you do which is which one's this one this guy yes yes that is. so it's one. like a um, it's an a, Irish styled uh, beer 4-8 Nice, crushable, roasty, a little bit of caramel in there. That's right, yeah. Um, nice and dry, which I like a lot about you the Irish nailed stouts. It. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I feel like uh, they don't get the love that they deserve. Irish, like that, this sort of like just crushable stout. Yeah. They just don't get enough shine. I don't know why. Well, I said it was a hard beer to launch here in Quebec, to tell you the truth. Really? Eh? Yes. Stout people, I don't know, they were a little afraid. Now with. The uh, microbreweries flourishing and a lot of different beers coming out. I find that it's uh, people are adapting to new styles, and yeah. it kind of was a new one when we first started with right. that in 1990. There was Guinness, I think, and probably about a it, Champlain right? Porter was on was the market one? for a little while. That was a Labatt's product, Labatt, but okay. uh, it's pretty time. hard to find anymore. Right, uh, but they yeah, have a Labatt Porter. I think maybe it turned into that. Yes, quite possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, how did you get into beer then? If you're uh, starting the brewery, well, it was uh, it was kind of a transition of things. It was my father and a couple of uh, professors, his colleagues from Bishop's University, that started the pub. So right. We grew up in the pub business, and that was a whole lot of fun. But after my graduate degree at Bishop's, it was time to move on. So I did, and I moved out west for a while. And uh, that was when microbrewing started to hit Canada. And uh, the first one was out in uh, Horseshoe Bay in uh, British Columbia. Right. And that made it, you know, acceptable on a 
federal level to get into this industry. Because who thought that brewing was actually an occupation? Back then, it was Molson, Labatt's, and O'Keefe, kind of. Right. So, uh, so that opened it up, and then, well, having a great pub and a building beside it, that's what started it. And so off to England, I went to learn how to brew and right. brought me back home, which I love this area, the townships. It's magnificent. So uh, right. So that became my occupation. Amazing, and then you just you put you, you purchased the building, you started up. That's right. We already well, we already had the building because we bought it for the parking lot, basically, and right. it was empty, filled with broken tables and chairs that a, a pub will accumulate. Okay, but it, it ended up being a perfect brewery. So right. it was an old garage station. So okay. uh, you know, kind of dealing with liquids. <laughs> right, <laughs> just used to it. So like the way this is situated, we have this building, which is the actual pub people hanging out and then just in the parking lot there there's the actual facilities the for production brewing. facility yeah uh what's the size of the um facility there as far well as it's a 40 by 40 oh as far as production yeah we do uh it's eight hectoliter batches that we do for, so eight small hectoliter. batch brewing okay we like a many breweries will double them up so for some of our popular recipes like the the blonde the amber the pride uh, we'll double batch those, so 16 hectoliters at a time, fermenting, then conditioning, and bottling. Uh, and we're brewing three times, four times a week. The rest nice. of it is all the packaging, the bottling, the cleaning. That's an ongoing process. Oh, yeah. I can bet it never ends. Never. So <laughs> it's great that you've got, like, you got a ton of, uh, of, of bottles here. So I, we've got two seasonals and your five core brands. That's right. That's, that's yeah. accurate. Um, and this is, so these five here are year round? Are year round. Um, and you do occasional seasonals. I right, get so we've got a yeah, blueberry. Well, that's our, uh, oh, the pumpkin? our pumpkin. Nice. So we do that for Halloween, obviously. Did you do that uh, this year? Did you do that again? We actually did not. No, this year we, uh, we had a shutdown in the brewery in order to uh, just plant maintenance and overhaul. So we didn't get around to it this year, but next year we'll be fired up. Okay. And then every summer, spring, summer, and fall, nice. we have a blueberry watermelon. Blueberry watermelon, damn. Yeah, and the two, cool the fusion concept. of the two flavors, I think, is what's really made it a popular summer beer. I've never heard that. Uh, and it finishes with just a slight hint of watermelon, which nice. kind of makes you want to have another. Have another sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Um, it's very, very cool. So, like, this is around the corner from the university. So, would you, is it, I guess this is like the local for the, for the school? Yes, course? well, it's uh, that's one beautiful thing about the British styled pubs too is that it's really any man's pub true uh so yes for sure the bishop students will come up they have some great nights here that catered around them uh but it also uh, the professors will walk through the townspeople walk through tourists walk through so you right. just really never know who's coming in then you've got you know years and decades of bishops graduates who have moved on in life but if ever they're close to the area they come in they come so right. it's a real sort of central meet and greet have a pint yeah, and you never know who's who's going to be there that's well outside of me yeah, <laughs> As I, you're right, yeah. So. so if you're studying in 1986 and if you're the first brew pub in the province like what were the challenges surrounding that they were a lot because yeah so i took my brewing studies in uh, it was 84 and then it was to build a uh, build a plant 
get all the legislation changed. So that was about that a year and exist. a half for legislation. There, there was nothing. There were the brewery guidelines for Molsons and Labatt's. Uh, nothing for microbreweries. So, so we had to work with the uh, Régie Alcool Corsé des Jeux. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we followed the milk guidelines as far as uh, dairy industry codes for uh, food and quality. So that was all good. But then it was to find equipment. And that was right. very difficult because, of course, it just was nobody supplying anyone in Canada with, uh, with microbrew equipment. So what I had done when I was in England was got the uh, uh, some plans for the brew house equipment, and I had that manufactured locally here in Lennoxville okay. by a uh, propane tank company. Wow! All out of stainless, so it's beautiful stuff. Still using it to the day. Right. And then my original fermenters and conditioning tanks uh, came from England. Bought those right. secondhand and shipped them over. Amazing. So, uh, it was it was difficult. Though. You had to kind of like patchwork it all together. That's and right, and ingredients too. Right. Uh, you know, we had fortunately we had Canada malting right they in Montreal, so right, that right. was our uh, two row Canadian two row barley, but the rest of it had to come from England itself, as wow. did the yeast and uh, yeah, like so everything hops too, hops as well. Yeah, we, wow. there was nothing. We had a couple of um, home brew places. Uh, Gordon's Cavavin was in Montreal. Uh, run by a former uh, bishop's alumni too, who I knew. So he was able to get uh, quite a bit of the stuff that I needed, uh, but not on the scale that I needed then. So that took uh, a bit of doing. Right. So then is it, is it uh, arguably that you are like the godfather of Quebec craft beer? Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, but I mean, we were, I mean, if you, if you started uh, we were the original, uh, original one. So it's... Uh, Maybe it's a godfather status. No, I feel like it kind of is. I feel like that's good. So I feel like, like you know. I'll drink to that. Hey, man. cheers, sure. man. Cheers. Because it's not every day you get to uh, talk with the gentleman who uh, created the province's craft beer scene. I mean, it's very, very cool. So, I mean, I, I guess, so how, how did you, how did it go with, like, I mean, clearly people were, this is the Labatt province. People are, you know, the blue, they love it. Um, how did it go from your side to convincing the, the, the people, I mean, whether it's locally or otherwise, to, hey, try this. I mean, you got making British styles, which shouldn't be too unfamiliar. That, quite honestly, was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah. Because you're right. We're dealing with, like, a lot of bishop students are 18, 19, 20. So and they just want a, a dark beer. They've never like, even uh, seen one. They're, yeah, yeah. they're not touching it. Summertime is when we open. We open July 1st. Nice. Good well, day. the last thing anybody wants is a dark brown <laughs> British beer on a patio. So that was a difficult sell. But right. we were very fortunate with Lennoxville that a lot of the um, business people, the locals, professors uh, had traveled. So right. a lot of them had been exposed to British styled beers. At that time, I don't even think the SAQ had a lot of uh, imported beers. Right. Um, so they just weren't really on wrong. the scene whatsoever. There was no specialty beer depths at the time? Nothing. Oh, Nothing. Not, not a one. No, oh, no, it was all just out of the SAQ, and you could get maybe uh, a Heineken or a Lohenbrau, because those weren't even being brewed on their license by yeah, that. Yeah, they were actually time. imported still. They were, yes. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough sell of dark beer. But we did have people that loved the all-naturalness to it. They mm-hmm. loved the small craft uh, brewing of it. Yes. Uh, and the other difficult, probably what made it the most difficult, was that my first batch Pretty much wasn't really what I had envisioned, and neither was the second, and neither was the third or the fourth. 
So it was, uh, yeah, they, they weren't really what I wanted. They weren't bad, but uh, you kind of had to work your way through it. Then once right. I got the recipe down, then that then made it, was... it easier for people to <laughs> latch onto it and drink it as their regular beer. Did so. you dump the, those first few batches? Oh, never. Oh, no. No, 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 no. they weren't, uh, they weren't that, that bad. They were that bad, but they just were on point. Just, right, exactly, yeah. And it was hard for me to go up and say that, you know, to sell it because I really couldn't say that, yeah, this is the beer that I've always searched for because right. it really wasn't. I, right. it, it was getting close, but it wasn't. Not quite So, uh, yeah, but it, I mean, I was very lucky that people stuck by and encouraged and supported and without that, uh, it probably would have failed quite honestly, but That's they didn't, they, they held on and my skills improved too. Uh, the beer improved and then it became consistent and that was the number one thing today hmm. is the consistency of that product that's the work really. let's see and that's the, probably the biggest challenge for breweries period i think so it's for all of them yeah for well like, with changing weather temperatures with that change the ingredients to change yeah. this and that uh, yes that's right yeah i mean at least you have one thing you've had on your side i guess is you've maintained the same equipment the whole time so once it's done yes. i mean you are done you're just doubting yeah we, we've done <laughs> yeah now with a new recipe uh we may have to brew it a second time just to tweak it, but we're pretty bang on That's pretty right off though. the bat. Yeah. yeah. So you started with the Lion's Pride. We started with the Lion's Pride. And you opened with the Lion's Pride? And, we, and that was the only beer we had. And when oh, we opened, cool. there were no bottles. We didn't uh, do jugs. We, it was just kegged beer for the Lion. Okay. So it was our only, uh, our only outlet. And did you have other guests? Yes, we, well, well, we like, didn't. We had Molson's. Molson's. Yeah, we had Molson's. Because there was no other guest. No, that's right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and how is it with, with people coming in and like, were you sort of, what, did they try that? And then if they didn't like it, they go with Molson's? Well, something? we how give out some work? samples to Smart. whoever uh, bottled, we had all the bottled beer from Molson's and Labatt's in O'Keefe. So they would order what they like, and then we'd just, you know, would you like to try a sip of our Lion's Pride brewed right next door? So some would take it and say, well, yeah, not bad. Others would say, uh, not really for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, well, it was fun. It was, I was doing what I loved. Right. And uh, what criticism, I, you know, well, I've been criticized all my life. So that was uh, water off the it's, duck's yeah. back kind of thing. So It's kind of part of the game, I guess. It is. And I feel like sure. most brewers, are more than any other creative that I've ever seen, take it. It's almost like they want it. More like if you got a painter or a musician, you're like, oh, you say, well, man, you're defensive, but a brewer's like, tell me what's wrong with it. Let That's me make this oh, better. And it's weird that, that, yeah. that maybe it's the scientist side, because I know it's like art and science. Mm -hmm. So like maybe the science side's like, fix it, the artist is offended, but the science wall protecting it. I don't know. It's interesting. So, started with Lion's Pride. Then, then came the uh, Bishop's Bitter, okay. which uh, was the other side of things, because then we made it even more bitter. Um, and that took off with a lot of uh, connoisseurs who right. were looking for that nice bitter aftertaste. And once you've developed that, uh, no other beer is going to satisfy you. Right. So you're not going sort of back down the line to uh, a Labatt Bud or a, a Comrade, a major brewery's beer. <clears throat> so the bitter really helped to get people onto our style, the British style of brewing. Right, right. Uh, then we came out with the uh, Le Blanc de Canton, the, our pale ale. Okay. Uh, just because of our, the demographics, really. You know, we right. had they a lot something. of students, we got a lot of uh, women clientele that just 
you weren't going to go for a bitter or a dark brown beer. Particularly so, back then. Especially Now back it's a then. whole different game. Now, now, the blonde is one of our top sellers, as is the blueberry watermelon. Right. So, and then, uh, but then the, should we transitioned into with the blonde recipe and the pride recipe, it was a big jump between mm-hmm. those two flavor profiles. So then I created the uh, ombre d'amour, the uh, lion's amber. Uh, to be basically a, a, a stepping stone to get you up to the lion's pride. And that's where I want everybody. I want right. everybody to love lion's pride that's and on you go from there. So that's where I, I, I always work towards. So then we okay. developed that. Then we came up with the stout recipe, then the uh, blueberry watermelon for a summer beer. And then uh, two years ago, we did the pumpkin for the first so, time. Yeah. Okay. Do you do ever? Uh, do you ever do any like random one-offs, like small, even like not eight hex, but like a small batch just for the public? We have not because that's mm-hmm. our. In fact, our the way the equipment was made is that our smallest batch is uh, eight, eight, eight hectoliter. Okay. So uh, yeah, if the one-offs. It was more difficult for us since we started bottling to be able to do a one-off because of getting it into the, the schedule. Into the schedule, because we're constantly having to maintain the rest of the, the beers. Right. And I don't always do that well. I mean, there are times when a customer will come in and we won't have Lion's Pride on tap. And of course, you can imagine what I get then because yeah. we've bottled too much and we've sold the bottles right. on the market and right. how come we didn't keep more yeah. in the cake? So it's... Uh, you got to find that balance. Oh, the and that's, uh, yeah. That's have, you, have you worked those kinks too. out at all? Or well, it, we're be- we're better part? at it. Yeah. We're better at it now. Hey, yeah. You never know though. Like, how are you supposed to know? Well, that's right. And in the summertime, uh, De Paneur, uh specialty shop sales bottles go crazy. Everybody's on a holiday. You know? Yeah, it's right. Hot, so... We've got to put a bit more in to satisfy that market, but then of course, where does that come from? Well, it's got to come from a barrel somewhere. So right, uh, it's going to play off each other. That's would you, right. Would you have a contract elsewhere to fulfill a need? Or not? We, no, I haven't really looked into that. Although the the next project that I'm going to be working on is to get into cans, nice. and I think the only way we can do that is through contract brewing. So, okay. uh, I mean, they have that. Um, I don't know if they have it out here, but in Ontario, they got it's called sessions. Like, they have mobile cannons and they'll come around. That's a very interesting way of doing it, too. For it us. seems like it's a, a car. I mean, I think there's equipment, like, like 300 G's or something. Yeah, to buy one, like, I'm not sure if they've got one here in the province, mind you. But really, eh? Yeah, not that I know of. I think, Maybe but I'm pretty sure some uh, astute young fella is looking into that because right. that would be a smart. Well, Smart could, way to do it. I wonder where else you could do it. I guess maybe sometimes the contract facility, like maybe Oshlag or something, would have their own packaging section or something. But well, and I've heard that they, well, in England, they take uh, uh, carbonated product ready for bottling, load it into a, like a bulk milk tank, uh, really? take it to a facility, and then bottle or can it from from the plant. But your beer arrives from your plant in a uh, in a milk container basically and we've got a lot of those here in the townships right so, so that's can, another way that we could uh that's unique we could get into canning would that be like you'd be confident the product would be okay in something like that well for us it would be more to uh to, to feel out the market as uh, far as cans are going because right now uh, last trip to ontario and down into the states most of those microbreweries are all going cans here yeah. in quebec there's a lot of the micros that are switching into it and i want to get it definitely go into that as yeah. well so it would, uh, even whether the, the margins aren't that great, and at least it's, it's opening up the market for us to take a better look at uh, 
how far is that industry going to go? Absolutely. But I see nothing but uh, greatness for the for the cans. Uh, I agree. Actually. Yeah. I guess it's, it's the way to go. go. Yeah, totally right. Like and you mentioned before, like people coming on holidays, they're camping, particularly around here. There's beautiful lakes and like bottles of like are cool I guess but it's easier like this is easy for home right but then when you're camping there's the extra weight there's the extra waste like, well and also for the microbreweries it's a royal pain to pick up your bottles I bet so yeah. we have to uh, we have to pick them up from the depreneurs and grocery stores that oh. we're selling in and then store them palletize them then ship them to Laval for a bottle wash and then have them brought back and when you oh, start getting into the bottle washing the label has to wash off within a specific amount of time. So many intricate little things. With something so simple of recycling. That's exactly, yeah. The Whereas with the can, we never get the can back. So right. I think that's there, really right. what's going to uh, <laughs> make a difference. Yes, it's right. um, when did you get into the bottling? At what stage? Uh, we like were, so I, yeah, I think so. I think it was early 90s, like 91, okay. 92. We, okay. we first started to bottle. Okay. By then, we already had uh, four products. So we were able to hit right away with, with four different ones, and that went uh, very, very well. So, uh, and you sold out of depths? Yes, out of Depeneurs, the local uh, Provigo store. Uh, nice. We really only had about five places, I think, at the time, and then it expanded from there. Um, but yeah, it was uh, okay. Yeah, slow growth, and it went really well, so it's we Amazing. continued. How, how, was, how was it at the time then watching something that you sort of essentially started in 86 and then seeing things grow? Like, what did that look like? Did it, was it like an explosion or was it like, oh, there was three years and then one popped up over there? And like, how did that? Go? Yeah, so the uh, 1988 was kind of a, we opened 86, 87. I'm not even sure if there was a microbrewery that opened up in 87. I have to look into that. But 88, I know, came uh, McCausland Brewery out of Montreal. Boreal, mm-hmm. uh, wow. or uh, Brasseur de Nord, uh, was 88. There's another one. Yeah, so there were, but these ones that were opening were not the size that we were. They, right, were, they were like big pretty guys. good sized From microbrews. the beginning, eh? Right, we have those. Yes, yeah. Huh, yeah. yeah. Right from the start, yeah, McCausland was a good sized plant, as was uh, Brasseur de Nord. Hmm. Uh, one opened up in uh, the Bose, which is close uh, close by here, well, close, an hour and a half, two hours from here. Mm-hmm. But it was, again, a, a good size, like 50 hectoliter tanks as opposed to our it's little eights and sixteen. <laughs> so when you're looking at the yeah, equipment, whoa. you're going, wow, that's a microbrewery? Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, that's a whole other conversation, yeah. I guess. I didn't know that. I thought they grew to those sort of stages and that's how they came into it, but I guess they just had... No, a lot, yeah, they had some good backing and a, and a really good plan and okay. uh, they could... They had the vision as well to see that it could really uh, explode and they they were right because it's now now it's it's proliferating throughout the province and everywhere and it's just fantastic yeah did you see as as these new ones popped up whether they're the larger ones like them or maybe some of the smaller local guys or whatever did you did you was it like were you able to sort of watch the scene grow were we able to participate in that? Like, Not so that much work? a participation outside of the fact that I, I was just I, yeah, hey guys, put a mark on the map and said, I got to go visit these guys, right. <laughs> see what they're doing, and uh, which I did. So it's, you get to meet a lot of the brewers and a lot of the plants. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, well, now you don't have to drive very far to get another one. Oh, I mean, really? Just here in the uh, townships, we've probably got a good 20 of them. I just saw all... the map, yeah. It was, it was oh, yeah. It's I didn't superb. realize there were so many within 
this essential region. Little area. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the same with any region now. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like you can't go to a, like, it's almost like you dare someone to go to a pub and find crap beer. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's always something good always everywhere. Something. Even if you're not going to a brew pub, like, it's just always around. Or yeah. even the, the small little depths will have something. Aside from the specialty, I just I like that so much. Well, and now originally it was just those small deepeners that had any attention for the microbrewed beer. Right. Uh, but then it started; they were taking away a significant part of the market, and no large chain's going to allow that. Now you go into a, a Provigo, an IGA. Uh, we got full section. You've got right? a full section of the specialty beer. So uh, even, like even the Kushtard uh, gas stations. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, you know, that's how it uh, really how helps it. to support the microbreweries yeah. for sure because it gives them so many outlets. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's almost as though it's gotten into the, uh, the mass marketing of these products. Uh, but there again, it depends on the region you go because certainly we're not too far outside of our little area because we just don't have the product. Right. So I think now what's happening is that these smaller ones are focusing more on the microbreweries, the food from the region, the, 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 any kind of good that's manufactured in uh, townships per mm. se is what the townships uh, IGAs are going for. So, right, uh, right. so we fit right into that. Do you have aspirations to be able to expand your distro to uh, Montreal or whatever? Yes, definitely. And I think that would be uh, with the canning. Like mm. contracting out the canning would definitely Maybe allow us to city. have the production because we could then go to a 50 hectoliter brewery and say, well, we want to contract a 50 hectoliter batch of one of our beers and can it on site and then do the distribution. Yeah. Wouldn't even really need to even touch the area. It might not even come into Lennoxville. That's exactly right. It could go hit hit all the big markets and and test the cans that way. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I guess Montreal, I I would assume, is the hub of uh, beer just because of the city, right? Yeah. So it would be, I mean, there's there's new stuff popping up all the time, but there's more, I'm noticing there's more uh, specialty beer depths popping up all the time. There are those too, yeah. And I find that's like, pretty indicative of the interests in it. I found the more and more people I speak to, everyone everyone knows something about beer, like even if they're not beer people, like they already know about it or you know, like the brew pubs are always busy. So I feel like there's that thirst for it and they're always interested. And there's like a passion for local beer, particularly in Quebec, I find everywhere, and I'm not sure if through your travels if you find the same, that people are passionate about their local beer. Oh, I totally yeah. agree that that's, that is. I find it exceptional yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know why. Something is, I mean, Quebecois are, are very proud uh, people. Well, and they're adventurous. They're willing Definitely. to give. To try they're stuff. willing to try something new. Yeah. And, uh, it's not everybody, you're right, that, 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 that takes it upon themselves to actually search out and find uh, a product. True. And that's where I find the, uh, the specialty uh, brew pub, or not brew pubs, but the specialty uh, des paneurs and uh, Marche de Terroirs are really good because the people that they have there are so well informed on oh, the product yeah. that when you go in there as a customer, yeah, you might like micro-brewed beers, but you might like certain aspects of a, of a different style. And these guys are bang on with knowing every product that's on their shelves. Yeah. So they can really kind of steer you to what you want. And the way you buy beer from those places is great because you can mix a 12-pack or mix a 6-pack. You're not having to buy six of any one thing no. like a, like a, a six pack of cans and off you go you can take one of this one of that try everything new it's uh, 
Yeah, it's a real it's shopping great, right? experience in there. Yeah, yeah, I love it. When's the last time you bought a six pack? Because I can't remember. Oh. Right? <laughs> you, you'd be going back years. Yeah, yeah because why would you want to stick to the same thing? Like, isn't right. it more fun? Like, I would rather go. You go get one of everything. I'm like, cool, I get to try the whole lineup from a particular brewery. Like, I, that excites me, and I find that when I'm watching other people shop and seeing what they're doing, they're like, going by style, blah, 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 and just grabbing yeah. stuff. And I guess that's a part of the experience now. And buying in the brew pubs, you, you're buying the flights of beer to sample all Absolutely. of what they've got, you know, a little three, four ounce shot of everything. And then you find the beer that, oh, that's, that's the one. I want that one. I'm going to take that. Still get to go. If you're on here all night, you can probably have a pint of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Let well, me know yeah. when that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you, uh, do you do flights? I guess you do flights here. We do. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important. Some breweries actually just don't do it. Like they just don't like it. For yeah. Years, which is fair. Well, and we've uh, we've narrowed it down to you take any three. You know, you because for sure somebody who's who's going to like and want our. Uh, watermelon <laughs> blueberry beer is not going to particularly care for the bitter yeah so you know you, you just take three or four or five or take them all if you like but yeah. we don't we don't sell you uh, a flight whereby you have to have all six of them because we know you're probably not going to like three of them so I mean, take the ones that you're interested in and then take another three if you want to continue the, right, right. Uh, the taste experience shall That's we say yeah. Um, going back to the say so coming up in the nineties, then the uh, the other breweries that were popping up, did they did anyone ever reach out to you for guidance, or, like advice or anything like that? Not so much, no. They, because by then a lot of what uh, there were a lot more uh, brewers going away to the brewing institutes over in England. Uh, we did have some people come to the brewery just to take a look at the at the plant setup. Uh, and we'd give tours openly. Um, so for instance, uh, Laura Utranowski from Brasseur de Nor, she came through and right. we gave her a, uh, a visit of the plant. Just, you know, as a familiarization tour. Well, this is, you know, the mash tun, boiling copper, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And then I think within uh, a year, she had a nice plant going. Um, so yeah, we, I, I suppose, but they didn't really come to me for anything more specific than just the general outlook of what equipment, what a bit of a process was. Right. And then they took their, uh, who was going to be their brewer and sent him to a, uh, a brewing school. Interesting. So, and now of course you've got, uh, micro or brewing schools in, uh, St. Cia Sank, uh, Bishop's University has opened up a tiny little, yes, uh, uh, brew school same, yeah. too. So, uh, one, one Niagara. barrel, one barrel brew length. That's what it is, eh? Perfect okay. for, you know, for coming up with a very unique recipe and you've got students that are doing it. So yeah, these schools are really, uh, it's, it's very no interesting how, how it has transformed from the day that we started, for sure. Right. It's all right there now. Right there. And they, um, is that a serious brewing program? It is, it's, yeah. You yeah. get a, uh, an accreditation in uh, brewing sciences, nice. uh, which would then get you into any of the major uh, brew schools, like uh, Niagara. Niagara's got one. So it's like a pre... Like yes, and you have to be, uh, I believe you have to be a registered chemistry student uh, in order to take that uh, the level, yeah. So they really push the uh, well. They marry the the science with the art. Hmm. Yeah, that's sick. It's so it's so intense. I got a friend in Niagara School right now, and just seen him telling me about some of the stuff he's learning. He's like, "Dude, I got chemistry homework every night. It's just it's crazy." Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it seems like maybe it's a little more glamorous. Uh, people make it seem more glamorous than it is. 
But it's really science. I guess you really have to know your stuff. You, you've got to know the science, but I was always just a brew by the seat of your pants, the art. Uh, <laughs> kind of as you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, have you, do you do many collabs? Do you collaborate with any of the breweries? I haven't done a thing. No. no? In that, no. no. Why is that? Uh, I just think that we're sort of in a unique pocket here in uh, in Lennoxville. We've right. got a uh, we've got a great little community, and yes, we were amalgamated into the great city of Sherbrooke, and it's a super city for sure. But Lennoxville is kind of a pocket in and of itself, and it right. could be because of the university, the SAGEP that we have, the 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 people of the community that uh, we don't really, I guess, need to. Yeah. Uh, our beers rolling. The pub is a whole lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it would be fun to do a collaboration with uh, other people, but it's not like high on. Uh, no, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. You kind of just being head down doing your thing. We're, yeah, and I've always been uh, that way. Yeah, and we're yeah we're doing our thing. It's a really happy thing. It's a yeah. fun thing. Uh, a great part of the the whole thing is that you finish brewing on a given day and then it just in time for happy hour at the pub. So, you know, <laughs> so everything how works much happier can you be in life <laughs> than that? And then the you have people hour. coming. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, the, what was I going to say? I just lost it. Damn it. Um, oh, natural. So I saw it on the website when I was doing some research and you mentioned it before. So you've operated the entire time with all natural ingredients that's right yeah, yeah. as far as not using any uh, preservatives or chemicals to uh, to boost up any facet of the of, of the brewing process yeah. right i don't even know how to do that so right it's just uh, as organic as it just gets. as basic as it gets yeah. okay and you, are you now uh getting your ingredients locally or are you still doing it uh, no we're still doing it through uh canada malting okay. uh still using a lot of the british imported uh malts which now are imported by canada malting and great western right. malt because they, they were bought out and they take care of everything so it's kind of one-stop shopping uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of local f- hop farms that are popping up, yeah, uh, and those are getting very interesting too. Yeah. For me, we've got the hops that we use, and when they can tell me what the alpha acids are and have it, you know, because you've got to know that in order to keep the flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Using a hop out of a field, although it's, it will be a great hop, no question. And I'd love to taste it. It's not going to take the place of a hop on a product that I have to keep the same. So right. what we may do is, which a lot of my other microbreweries have done, is like a harvest ale. So that's a kind of a, a beer that it can change year to year because your hop may change. I mean, yeah. you can, there's, uh, there's barley uh, fields. You can buy your barley. There's a maltster right in uh, Thetford Mines. So... He could do a lot of the locally grown barley for me, uh, and that's kind of a product that could could have a different flavor profile right from day one, and it would change every year, and there right. would be no nothing to come of that. Right. Uh, for these products here, they've got to be bang on all the time. So right. I've kind of yeah, I'm How locked cool. into using those ingredients, and I'm not. I probably won't be changing those really. I guess it's probably harder for the climate out here to be able to. Like provide the maybe the British style hops. I assume that you need the British style. But for really for these, yeah, yeah it's none of the New World American stuff yeah. or anything. So I wonder. I don't know if they're like people are really doing that out here. I, I well, they sure are right. on the West Coast. Oh, on the West, yeah, because yeah. a lot of the hops are not coming from England anymore. They come from the like, West Coast. Uh, Yakima Chief and stuff. Yakima, and, yeah, 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 Washington, yeah. Oregon states. A lot of good stuff uh, yeah, coming out of John there. Haas. Can you go out there? Because I heard they got some pretty serious consistency. 
what do you want to call it? I was going to say policies was not the right word, but I've seen some pictures of like their recent harvest. It was just, the photos were ridiculous. Like how apparently just they, they, they've figured out consistency for the, exactly what you're talking about yeah. because they've got such volumes and they're providing I think the vast majority of hops right. they have no option well and they, uh, they sell on contract too so oh, yeah. you know and these are huge contracts and yeah. powerful breweries that are oh, yeah. locked them in so can't mess around yeah they've got to they've got to <laughs> have it exact because it's a lot at stake absolutely yeah you lose your uh, lose the taste lose your customer that's oh, uh, it's hard to get them back yeah. as they say so uh, so is that is that option for you if you wanted to do something like that or is it just no different for you whether you're importing from there importing from England it's all the same <laughs> that's right as long as I know the alpha acid and type of uh, uh, flavor that it can give off we can you, there's a little bit of variation that you can use within hops so if you're say Chinook is a really popular bittering uh, uh, hop uh, if you don't find Chinooks, well, you can substitute Nugget with it. You can, there's a couple of other uh, hops out there that we have used in the past just because they've all been bought up. Right. So, uh, and that, that I can see as being a problem just with the flourishing of the microbrewing industry. The demands on hops are yeah. going to be high. A lot of the contracts that these hop producing companies are, have signed, they've got to honor. Well, the phone call will probably end in no. Sorry, yeah, we have no hawks. Right? Wait a minute, you've been serving us for thirty yeah. years. <laughs> Why not? And uh, it's knock on wood, we we yeah, haven't I mean, had that issue yet. But it is something that could come down. Right. With climate change, I mean, there's so many yeah. factors in it all right now. That's, uh, that's true. Yeah. What about? Uh, do you have contracts? With we do. Guys? No, no, we've never Just, contracted. We may have to go to that step. That might be the next. Next go, couple right? of years, two, three, four years, maybe I could maybe see that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, whatever works. We had the hop shortage, uh, and we got through that okay. So. Okay. Yeah. When would there was shortage? Recently. Was uh, yeah, it was. Uh, what I think there because there was uh, the a lot of the hop fields had been eradicated from some disease. Huh. That uh, companies just didn't have the stores of, of hops that they had, and it drove the price up to like 20, 25 bucks uh, a pound, right. uh, which was insane because normally it's around five or six. Uh, but that, of course, attracted a lot of other farmers that said, wow, now that's a great crop. You know, because it grows high, right? Trellis it up, and you get quite a few pounds off of every vine. So uh, it started the hop fields. Then it took care of itself by the very next year. But now we've got more hop fields. So you know, right. it's, it's kind of self self sustaining. Yeah, bit. I think so. Yeah, and, so I, and be good. I think there'll be even more farmers wanting to get into uh, to hop production. Really. Yeah. So yeah. why not? It's a little bit of time, I guess, to get it set up. But uh, it seems like it could definitely be like a, a long term need for it it's not going away it's yeah I, not anytime soon no and now with the nano breweries that are starting up which are really small one two barrel brew lengths uh, yeah there's all the increase is only going to be right there every year and there's so. some going to be somebody to serve the smaller guys who can't get the contracts and stuff like that there will always have to be that yeah yeah what uh, I know we're on a timetable and I want to get to we have a lightning round which will keep nice and quick um, what, what's the aspirations for the brewery like where do you want that where do you want it to go from here I would like to get a uh, hopefully the, any collaboration that we do will be done with Bishop's University on, okay. a, on a small scale right whereby because I know the professor and uh, it would be really nice to be able to go in there to do those one ofs 
the other creations that I have that I want, beers that I want to do, but I just don't have the place in our brewing schedule to get them in. Right. And I don't want to end up with uh, 15 kegs of something. Yeah. <laughs> but if I could get down there and do one ofs in the 50 liter uh, barrels, that would be really cool because then it would increase our uh, the, the number of taps that we have here. It would give our customers a different flavor of our other creations. Uh, and I think it'd be a whole lot of fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun creating a beer. And uh, once you're locked into a recipe, well, that's your recipe. You've that's got it. it. It's just repeating it all the right. time. It just becomes a process. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. So, uh, so I'd really love to be able to get down there, use their equipment. And then, of course, when they come up with a beer that they need more than one or two kegs of, well, then that's it's our collaboration. Yeah. They come up, bring their ingredients, their brewer comes in uses our plant and uh, and away they go I like so that. that would be uh yeah for us it's to go smaller uh for others is probably they want to go bigger but for me i like small yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that yeah it's a good way to do it i love it um just then we have uh, a lightning round uh generally it ends up being a little longer than uh, we call it the molasses round because it ends up being really slow, but we are on timetable, so we're not going to mess around today. All right. Um, what is your guilty pleasure beer? Beer you'd be embarrassed to admit that you enjoy to a fellow? Oh beer. my God, you nailed me on that yeah. one. So, uh, it's <laughs> a tough one. So, the reason it's uh, we're sort of cut for time today is because I play a Tuesday afternoon at Old Man Beer League. Nice. And the only beer they serve in there? Yeah. Sleeman's Light. <laughs> How's that go? But after a game of hockey, it yeah. goes down awfully yeah. good. I have to say. That, that's a great answer. Um, the opposite beer you would decline under any circumstances? Oh, well, I would say it would be one of the Belgium uh, high test uh, 16 or 12% beers, like a Mortzabit or uh, yeah, the yeah. raspberry uh, thing. That's, I've got no interest in nah, that. None of that stuff? None. Just like like them low and crushable. I like session beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been one to have one, shall I say? Yeah, <laughs> or two for that matter. Hey, I feel that. I think most people are like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite beer style? Ah, uh, British. British, British style beer. Anything, Absolutely. Any particular one, or just British overall? Uh, no, British mm. overall. I like the mild ales. I like their. Uh, I like the stouts. I like their bitters. I like uh, yeah, pretty much all all, all that British. All that stuff. love it. Yeah. Least favorite doesn't mean you hate it. Just again, I'd go with the Belgium. Uh, just Belgium the, anything that finishes sweet. Uh, yeah, that's too uh, you know Belgium candy thing. I've the just, candy sugar. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't. That's not what I've searched for in a beer at all. Ever. I feel that. So yeah, it's really interesting because you're in Quebec and it's like the complete opposite of. It really is. It surprises me yeah. that how many Belgium style beers there are on the market that are it like was, that high test yeah. finish, and they all finish sweet. They just you know you can't ferment out all those sugars, so you're left with the uh, sweetness. I guess it's probably what they're looking for. It's not my thing either. When we moved here, I, it was a kind of like that was all you could get like six years ago there wasn't too much of like IPAs weren't really big here that's right that type of stuff are you gonna do an IPA by the way we're gonna do I, I did an experimental one which wasn't really an experiment we took um, we took our amber ale and doused a lot of hops into it to try a uh, an so IPA okay it was pretty good but it's, it needs to be actually brewed Right, yeah. Yeah. you so can't sort of bastardize one recipe, load no, it with no. hops, and call it your all new <laughs> idea. We did it just to get a feel for 
an IPA, right. and it was not bad. I mean, so a lot of customers want us to do it. So yeah. uh, we will. That will be one that I'm hoping to get into. Uh, the bishops do it. And then batch it up to a good size and get it into bottles. I feel like it'd be a nice uh, complement to your range, even if you did like a British style one to keep it on, on brand. To keep it on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I like. Um, you got a favorite beer city or destination or country to somewhere you like to go for? Well, I sure did. And it was Ireland and I did it. But so, uh, and I loved it. And I would say probably the next one might be, uh, oh, Good question. There's so many places yeah. to go in the world for, for Isn't great it? beer. Yeah, it's pretty much nowhere yeah. you can go that has that doesn't have at least. I did enjoy Germany uh, with Classic. a lot of their lagers, even though that's not my particular thing. Mm-hmm. But they sure tasted awfully good yeah. there. So they do them well. Yeah, they originated. I love it. Uh, what was the first beer you ever brewed? Lion's Pride. Yeah, yeah. Even from like uh, even I was never a home brewer. Uh, well, actually, no. The first beer I brewed was at the the plant that I was working in England. Okay. So that would have been yeah, the old yeah. Thumper from Ringwood Breweries, which Ooh, is a well known brewery yes. in uh, Ringwood, England. So and, I went to uh, Ringwood High. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I went to Ringwood High School, and I guess we keep stealing all their uh, all their names. It's just so funny. It's around <laughs> the world. Just like everything's from there. Okay, that's. I swear, I might have heard of that beer too. Okay, and then the first one you did for yourself. Well, you probably heard it because uh, one of the brewers out of Ringwood was uh, Alan Pugsley, and he opened up quite a few of the breweries down in uh, the States. Oh, yeah? He helped us here with ours. Uh, he helped McCausland Brewery, so he's... Uh, All right. He's, yeah. a, he's a brewmaster of brewmasters. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. um, worst beer you've ever made? <clears throat> oh, uh, that's easy. That's... Uh, <laughs> It started out as Santa's Suds and uh, <laughs> Santa's Suds for Christmas. Yeah. And it really wasn't good. Like, <laughs> terrible. It was by far the worst. And it was funny because it is a student town. So you never let a beer go to waste. You right? got you to gotta get rid of it. So the, the, uh, our clientele goes home for the holidays. They come back for January. We had to put the Santa Suds on special for I think it was like five fifty a pitcher just to try to get the, the ingredient costs out of it. And I remember one student <laughs> drinking it, and he said, "This isn't Santa Suds. This is Rudolph's Revenge." <laughs> oh, it really was. That's a good bad. episode name, Rudolph's Revenge. I like that. Um, that's amazing. Um, what music do you listen to when you brew? Well, we've got all types. I've got a fellow in there who's a music historian. So right. we, yeah, oh, it's it's everything. Yeah, it's, I'm from country, but I'm a blues. I'm a rock and blues and uh, nice guy. Yeah. Okay, I like that. What's your favorite hop? Uh, I'd say uh, Goldings. Goldings, nice, yeah. classic, nice British classic Goldings. Uh, what does your family think of your job or your work? Oh, I, I know they're pretty uh, happy with it because the two brothers that still are in business with me here in the pub, uh, they like having beer yeah, too. So they <laughs> just want me to keep that just going. Just keep making a brew. <laughs> That's it. Good. Exactly. There's nothing better than having a brew in a family. It really is. Yeah. Um, and lastly, what is your favorite adjunct? What, what would be the favorite uh, thing you'd like to add to beer? Well, right now it's blueberries and watermelon. Nice. But those are kind of neat. But for the... Uh, yeah, not, not actually even really add much to it, eh? Not at all, no. no. Keep it keep it basic, keep it... Keep it traditional. Yeah, and uh, even when we do those seasonal beers, I keep it at the very thin 
uh, level. I don't want to overpower anybody's taste bud. For me, I want a beer to still taste like a beer no matter what flavor you've thrown hmm. into it. When you, when you go overboard, to me, it's just, it, it loses its beer essence and right. that's not what I want to do. So any kind of an adjunct. We did try the uh, like Brewer's Corn Flakes maize uh, in order to help with the uh, our pale ale recipe at one point in time. And I was thinking that that might work and it absolutely didn't. So no. we got off of that fast. So I don't right. want anything to do with any of that stuff, quite honestly. Keep it straightforward. That's hey, right. at least you tried. And I mean, you still, I mean, you got pumpkin in there too, I wish right? We do, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's a, neat, that's a neat little one too. Hey, yeah. I like that, I like that. At least it's all consistent. I like, I like the consistency of anything, branding and then styles across the board. So I think it's like, if you come here, you know what to expect. You're not gonna get punched in the face with any flavor. Everything's gonna be sessionable and tasty yeah. and, and balanced. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, yeah, mate, thank you so much for your time. Hey. Really great. appreciate it. Real pleasure meeting you. Likewise. And, uh, continued success. I, I love Likewise, what you're sir. doing and you gotta be having as much yeah. fun as uh, <laughs> the brewers do. I, I, I really think I get to. <laughs> yeah. With, with a fraction of the work. <laughs> um, <laughs> and right. no cleaning. And no cleaning. <laughs> I haven't done any cleaning yet. Right um, where can we find uh, Golden Lion online? Uh, it would be uh, lionlennoxville.com. Okay. Yeah. And is there anything on social media or all that social is the... Uh... I uh, know, Facebook. That's, and that's one of my brother's departments. I'm no, not really one of those techno guys. Yeah, say, hey, so let them he's got it. us out there, wherever that may be. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, made boom, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the long form audio. Uh, you can hear a very attractive gentleman like Uncle Stan right here talk about beer uh, on Spotify. Follow us there and Apple Podcast. Review, rate, subscribe. But that's it, guys. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Cheers.